0: Disclaimer, this podcast features explicit language and discussion sexual in nature. It may contain subjects uncomfortable to some. Please understand the opinions shared on this podcast are not a representation of any organization or employer the hosts may be a part of. We're going to be going over a couple of sexy subjects today. What's on our list, Jay?
1: Some juicy stuff. Um, Yeah, let's just jump right into it. So, I know that you actually took a little field trip down south.
0: I did. I did. I went to the T's, the Trans Erotica Awards. The T's. In Hollywood, California. Yeah. Yeah, she went without me. I I unfortunately had to make this trip, well, not by myself, but uh, Jenny couldn't come. She got sick literally like a few days as we're like, I'm packing bags and She's like, I don't know. I don't think I can make it this time. So
2: it was unfortunate, but I'll be, I'll definitely be coming to next year's. And I definitely had to not go because I was, I wasn't feeling good. It would have just been a, I would have been a hindrance on the trip. You
0: know, we missed you. We, we, we definitely missed you. There was a lot of times I was like, damn, you know what would have made this a lot better? My woman. Oh, yeah. But uh, who who did you go down with? My friend, Little Sib. She drove down from Canada, scooped me up. We went down to Oregon, picked up our friend Aaron Everly, and then we, we just started making our way down California. It took us like a whole day. It took us like 24 hours to get down there.
1: 24 hours, wow.
0: Yeah. We... We we took an electric car, so we were we were driving and making like pit stops and charging the car, taking our little potty breaks, sipping on coffee. Yeah, you know, enjoying the sights on the way down. So many pretty mountains. We had to drive through. I actually had to drive through, like the snow. Wow. There were there were <laughs> point in times where I was in the snow, <laughs> which is very contrasting to when we got there. We immediately like took a shower and then went to the beach. Mm. So. Yeah, that's, like, so
1: crazy to me. Coming, All of us coming from Florida, like, right now, it's spring break. Everyone's in bikinis and flip-flops and board shorts and stuff like that. And it's, you know, up here in Seattle,
2: we're 30s, 40s. Yeah, still wearing, like, big poofy jackets and stuff. And there's flurries outside every now and then.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we saw a few people on the beach. I don't know if everyone in California is ready for beach season yet because there's a lot of people not out there. But, you know... We've been trapped in Washington for this whole time. So it was like, wow, it's in the sixties. Let's go. We were all excited to go to the beach. Yeah. It was fun. I had a good time.
2: Sixties sounds warm. Um so what did I miss. What did I miss. Where was the tease? Was it a beautiful venue? Tell me something. Tell me something good.
0: So <laughs> the the pre-party was hosted at the Bardot. Um, Bardo the Bardo now not the drink. Uh, okay. It was a venue. I, I think it's the historic Avalon and they have like an upstairs portion of it called the the Bardo. Really, really uh, dark ambient mm. with like you know a lot of a lot of sexy ornate decorations everywhere.
1: Okay I I'm sorry, I just have to ask <laughs> the teas, what you're explaining to me. Tea party at all?
0: There was no tea party. No which, tea party. Uh, it, was a, it was definitely a missed opportunity. There should be definitely some sort of trans girl juice that they, <laughs> they serve, I think, you know?
2: And you can, like, dress up in, like, the fancy, like, British outfits or, like, you know, old oh, school. Oh, no,
0: I don't go too far. Well, we can,
2: well come on. Come on. Who doesn't <laughs> want to get dressed up all fancy for a tea party and wear those, like, fancy, like... Mm-hmm uh Victorian style wigs and stuff Gross. Sounds, Gross. I think that sounds wonderful.
0: Victorian wigs?
2: I don't care. It's it's for it's for the the, the <laughs> idea of dressing up and enjoying some tea like they did back in the day. This is a this is a time where men a lot of men wore wigs.
0: Yeah and yeah. tights.
2: And tights. Yes. And heels. And heels, yeah. And heels. Yeah. And the, and and the higher the heel apparently the more elegant they were. And, really and more fancy of the guy they were
0: yeah
2: but we'll, we'll just, just I'm gonna wear the high I'm more heels. focused on the the teas here so the venue was nice you're talking about the pre-party
0: yeah there was the pre-party which was held upstairs which it was it was mostly like a networking event everybody's there hanging out they have drinks you get to roam around and talk with people that you've you know probably seen on the internet I know I was kind of Overstimulated a little bit because I'm I'm walking into a brand new place I've never been to, and I'm I'm like oh my god I know you I've seen you on the internet oh my god I know you I've been friends with you for years and I'm finally now seeing you in person it was it was wow
1: I have to just ask because mm-hmm. uh, all all of us went to Comic Con just a few weeks ago so when you said overstimulated how does that compare to Comic-Con? Because, um, you know, we got to meet the actress that played, Bo-Katan. That, that was, was awesome. very overstimulating. And just seeing, like, the those yeah. of you that have not been to Comic-Con, uh, the floors and floors of art and the people and just mass chaos for four days straight. So, like, how does that compare?
0: Yeah, okay. I, I I definitely nerd out a little bit more with... with n- You know, comic book stuff, Mm. uh, you know, movies, television, things of that nature. We got to meet Katie Sackhoff. That was super cool. The actress who portrays Bo-Katan in The Mandalorian. We were definitely fangirling a little bit there while we were in line to meet her. That was cool. It's a different experience. I don't want to say Comic-Con isn't sexy, because it definitely oh, is Oh, it definitely it's, can. It definitely is a sexy event. It's just a different type of sexy oh, event. Yeah. It's yeah. it's more like a it's sexy but, you know, our parents are here and they're watching, so you have to behave. Whereas the teas the opposite of that. <laughs> um lots of uh lots of interesting bathroom activities going on <laughs> in the parties. Dang. Yeah.
2: Speaking of the T's and meeting people, did you meet anyone cool? Did you meet anyone that you've been a follower of of, and were like, wow, I, I follow you. Like, It's finally great to meet you in person. Or opposite, was there people that met you like, oh, my God, I've been following you for years. Fantastic to meet you.
0: Yeah, I met some people I've been friends with for a long time that I was really excited to finally meet you know i was like oh my god we've been talking about hanging out forever and shooting porn and that stuff and i was finally face to face with them they're not some person in my computer or in my phone i was like wow hi they do exist yeah <laughs> you know yeah that was that was a good experience i i got to meet a lot of people that said that they they've known me for years which was you know, it's it's a different experience on the other side, meeting someone excited to, to meet you, you know, and you're like, oh my God, yeah, great. Let's talk about life and stuff. Hi, nice to meet you.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and that <laughs> also brings me, I, I totally forgot this until now, but I saw a little clip of you and they gave you a microphone.
0: They did give me a microphone. Oh, no. So
2: on stage...
0: They gave her a microphone on stage. What? So I presented an award uh, to one of the the people, one of the contest, one of the nominees. I presented an award to not to a nominee. Cool.
1: Who? What was it like? Who was it?
0: It was the producer's choice award. Hmm. I presented it to a well-known model, Cora Del Rio. She wasn't there but I presented the award. That's I presented cool. the hell out of the award. So they they gave me a microphone and invited me on stage and I got to present the award. Unfortunately, she wasn't there. It happens. Everybody's, you know, out there trying to make porn, you know.
1: I mean, it could be worse. <laughs> Somebody could have came on stage and smacked you or something. So,
0: that wouldn't have been that bad. That wouldn't that, you know, that honestly for that type of event could actually talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) For the type of an event it was, the the fact that it didn't happen, kind of disappointed.
2: But oh, yeah, maybe that would have been like (laughs) it turned into like a content, like a Mm -hmm. scene. But yeah, you've been naughty. You gave the award to I'm oh, no, Sorry. <laughs> sorry. My, my mind is going to just, like work. <laughs> I just imagine the camera guy's like, wait,
1: what's going on? What? Oh, uh, oh, oh, okay. Okay.
2: This is the new type of award show.
0: <laughs> yeah. So got to do a lot of cool stuff. Got to go on stage. Got to talk to a whole bunch of people, which was pretty wild for me. I've never been on stage before. We got to do a red carpet event. Mm, we were oh. all interviewed by a well-known person in our community, T.S. Foxy. Oh. I got to talk to the the uh, mistress of ceremonies, uh, Domino Presley, and oh, wow, yeah, amazing dress, yeah, and I thought she, she looked gorgeous, and for she it. killed it on stage. She was like up there telling people to shut up and stuff. They were being <laughs> like, uh, you know. She was being the mistress of (laughs) ceremony. She was. And she did an amazing job. I'm just a little upset. So what did
1: you wear for the red carpet experience?
0: I wore a very flashy sequin dress because I wanted to like, I want sparkles everywhere.
1: Hmm. Okay. So nothing that, I don't know, Jay Wheeler designed or anything.
2: Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Yeah. Maybe next year we can bring a whole posse of Jay Wheeler. Um, Latex clothing or leather clothing, custom clothing. Yeah,
0: in or time, in time, in definitely, time. in time. We'll definitely, we'll definitely start showcasing some of your work. Uh, in 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 the near futures, how are you going to put me on the spot like that, Jay?
1: Sorry, sorry. It's <clears throat> for those of you that don't know, I've been trying to work with um, with Nikki on some kind of fashion, clothing, stuff for cosplay and content. Um,
0: Sorry. They've
1: been working diligently. Yeah.
2: Diligently Anyways. as what in,
1: kind like, of things? it's going to take what forever. What kind of things are you talking
0: about, <laughs> Jay? Uh, I don't know. What What sort of things are we talking about?
1: <laughs> uh, so, for instance, um, one, one project that we have been working on is the – those of you that have watched the anime uh, Cyberpunk, I am working on a cosplay outfit for Lucy, which will be made out of some latex, which I think will be pretty amazing. But um, yeah, so that's in the that's in the works. Hopefully, you guys will see that a little bit later. But I'm excited
0: to try it on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyways, back back to the tease. The tease that. Do not serve teas, but you have drinks that are not tea.
0: Oh, yeah. They had plenty of drinks. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a bar. Both events had a bar. Yeah.
2: Sounds like overall it was a good time, good experience.
0: I had a great time. I, I got to meet a lot of people in the industry that I want to work with and make more adult content with, both on and off camera. Well, like like it's mm-hmm. in like the producers rolling the camera. I bet mm-hmm. I met people that shoot porn oh, cool. that I want to work with. I met people that want to be in porn with me and I'm excited to start you know making those plans.
2: It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for next year.
0: Yeah, definitely. Year. Definitely. We'll definitely have to go to tomorrow. Well, we will definitely have to go together next year. We're going tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Sorry, English. Ooh, but yeah, I mean, is there anything else y'all, y'all want to know about my experience?
2: Um, oh, this kind of comes into what I wanted to talk about today, but it, it's a good question to ask you because you're going down to, for a transgender event. How do you feel with, the, with how a lot of people are being more public with their hate against us? And also, a lot of people are being in big support. Did you see any of that? Did you see any hate? Did you see any really big supporters? Um, How did it feel?
0: It's actually funny thing that you mentioned that. Uh, that is definitely something in the back of a lot of our minds. I was talking with uh, Safira Blue about this because we, we were, you know, for a while, we were kind of hesitant, like, should we go? Like, people are getting shot. You know, like that kind of sounds like a big target, you know, for an event for so many trans people in, you know, and I was talking to Steven Gruby, the, uh, the big Gruby person, you know, the, uh, the head honcho making all the things happening down there. Uh, we, we had, we had mentioned like, he had asked how we felt as well. He's like, you know, like, how do you all feel as far as like the venue goes, uh, safety-wise? And I'm like, yeah, we feel pretty safe here. Like, uh, He said that he had taken extra security measures this year because of the things going on. He had actually hired more people to just be present, security outside, security inside, and... That made me feel a lot better knowing that, you know, someone, someone that's planning on bringing so many people together, so many targets in our community for some people to actually like put in the extra effort to making sure that we all feel safe in a venue like that. Yeah. So... He, he definitely said that's something that he, he wants to focus on in the future, make sure we all feel safe. Yeah. So
2: That was kind of one of my big anxieties of going – before I found out I was going to be sick. But while going down there, I was kind of worried that, you know, it was going to be an unsafe environment for us because a lot of people, when there's a lot of laws being passed and things happening in the political environment, oh. that, like, people – just express their hate more publicly and they're more violent towards other people. I don't know if it's, it's just that, or, you know, other reasons, but, but kind of what is what I was going to talk about today is that, that, um, like how we feel about everything that all these bills are being passed. We're not going to discuss them individually right now, but there's a lot of anti-trans bills being passed in the country. And it's kind of scary thought. And, you know, we're in an adult industry, like what we do for work, so we're like a double target, and sometimes it makes me feel really uncomfortable. But seeing like the people that like that are like out there publicly, for instance, uh, Pedro Pascal has been really public about his um, um, support for transgender rights and the gay community as a whole. And just like seeing people be more public about that has been like making me feel a little bit better.
0: Yeah, he has a transgender sister. Like, actually. Yeah. And he's like <clears throat> super supportive of her. Like, yeah, my sister's trans. She's fucking cool.
2: Stephen Gruby saying that he wanted to up security. Like, if I was there, I would have literally given him a hug because that's why I was thinking the entire time going down there.
0: I'm pretty like, sure I did give him a hug. I think I gave like, him a hug.
2: Are they thinking about these things? Yeah, Maybe. I gave him
0: multiple hugs. <laughs> actually.
2: Know, that's good. You gave him one for me, then. Yeah, exactly. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, are these people are are like our supporters thinking about these things? Like, if if they're hosting events, and um, because these these there's so many bills being passed that are trying to take away our rights as humans. One thing that.
1: <clears throat> I just recently watched. It's been out for a few years now, but I just recently watched it a few days ago. Was the documentary um, for Alec- Alexandra Snow? And something that just kind of like I thought of real quick. She talked in there. So, Alexandra Snow is a very famous dominatrix.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Um, she has a physical dungeon. She trains uh, like upcoming BDSM kind of doms um very very popular and famous um in her documentary she actually talked about briefly like one day for sex workers like the whole dream is like one day you would not have to use a stage name I thought that was like really interesting and a kind of a I don't want to like get off the into a tangent too much but something that I really thought was interesting was her struggle with people not accepting her for who she was in regards to her version of sex work. And she kind of talked about like, you know, one day, hopefully like no sex work sex workers have to use a stage name. And I wasn't really prepared for that. Like, yeah, she's such a strong kind of independent woman. And then she's talking about, you know, these
2: struggles of, yeah, it's like a perversion. It's like double for us. Yeah. Because we're not only sex workers, but we're trans. Right. Makes it more dangerous, unfortunately. But one day I do hope for a future where sex work is looked at as normal work. It's a career. Yeah. It is. People have sex. Some people would like to pay money for sex. That's a real thing.
0: And people just wanna pay to but consume to if, watch. And
2: if we we're at if we we're at a point where Everything was um, where, you know, girls had security. There's checks being held, background checks. uh, Clients were being checked to make sure they're legitimate. You know, uh, the money transactions are being legitimized. There's so much, it would be so much better for both parties. But it's just, well, we all know why. (laughs) We all know why, and it deals with religious things, but. What? Um, that's not what we're talking about today. We're just we just wanna. Yeah. I just wanted to say that I, I I can't believe I I personally cannot believe that I'm seeing all these anti-trans bills. I I really can't believe it because I when I first started transitioning, I, I there was a lot of anti-trans bills already. There were there was no like uh pro trans right bills. There was barely any. And then we got to a place where there was a bunch being, you know, implemented, and like people were getting health care covered. People, you know, you, I, I got my surgeries covered, like things that helped me become a a whole woman in my eyes. I would never have been able to get unless laws were passed. And now they want to take those laws away, and it's just it's devastating to me. But also, I I, I kind of I, I try to stay on the positive and look at the people that are. How, you don't know, being supporters of us cuz that's important i feel like
0: there definitely has been a pattern of three steps forward two steps back yeah it's 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 a it's weird that that's you know reality that i'm like oh this is just, this is how it is we get some rights and then someone else gets into power and they're like whoa 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 not in my america let's dial it back a little yeah. bit you know where you know where we kind of built this place to it's it's you know be free and do the things that we want to do without hurting people
1: so we we covered this with Danny and Luna mm. um unfortunately again i i believe politicians have noticed that to get votes they need to get people angry and yeah. wound up and they're going to like go after anything that they can so We're a big target for that. We're a big talking
0: point. Anything trans-related, they're like, oh, we can't have men in the ladies' room. It's always a fun argument to have for everybody. Honestly,
2: this whole environment around trans people and and, and politics and laws and stuff has made me scared as a trans person because I don't... For me, personally, I know some people may argue with me out there. I don't think I have a very passable voice. So when I'm out in public... Especially nowadays, I don't really like to talk very loud. And it makes everything very difficult. Especially when I'm talking to her out in a very loud area because I'm talking very quietly because I don't want anyone to hear me, call me out, and start hating on me because I'm trans. And it's been making public life more difficult because of all of this happening because it just makes me feel like, you know, I'm just, it's socially unacceptable for me to be me, you know? <clears throat>
1: I will say, it shouldn't fucking matter.
2: It shouldn't. Like your You're right. your
1: your voice should not fucking matter. It shouldn't.
2: I, I totally agree. But we gotta be realistic with the people out there that are not willing to accept the fact that trans people exist. Yeah.
0: Or just people ignorant to it in general. Yeah. Like, for a lot of people, we are their first trans experience in any capacity like wow i saw a trans person at the grocery store today for the first time ever like that's that happens you
2: know that's also like how a lot of people that are um straight and cis like jay here become supporters because they have a friend they meet someone that is trans and they realize they're just a normal person yeah like there's they're just a normal person it's just their gender identity that's that I don't understand. And then it takes a really uh, smart person to be like, well, I want to understand that. I want to learn about that. And, and I feel like it's a very special moment when a trans person is able to teach someone that is ignorant to the subject and that it kind of awakens them. They're like, wow, you know, you're just a person.
0: A lot of people aren't willing to learn because that requires time and effort on their part. And Why would they be bothered?
1: Yeah, but I would argue that being upset about... Takes time and effort, too. Yeah, it's... Like, I would find that so exhausting if I was, like, every trans person I saw was like, oh, I'm going to get mad. I'm going to try to cause a scene and, and try to try to make them uncomfortable, that, uh, that takes time. That takes huh. effort. That's exhausting to me. Like it yeah. would be so much easier just to keep your head down and just move on. i like, and <laughs> yeah. just be like, Oh, thing. okay.
2: They're just enjoying their life. Move on. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. Uh,
0: what else we got to go over?
2: Oh, Jay, you had something special for us
1: today, didn't you? Yes. So, so first of all, I do want to say I have never participated in, financial dominatrix so mm-hmm. like a, a fendom. um i it is something that is kind of a hot topic in the bdsm kind of world realm if you will um a lot of us talk about how it's kind of frowned upon uh, it gives our community kind of a bad name oh. because a lot of times and in a typical like bdsm relationship you you build trust uh, there's a lot of trust going on. You, even if you go see a pro dom, typically your, your first interaction, they want to talk to you, sit down, meet you, see what your expectations are, see if you're a good, like fit. Fandom, on the other hand, from my knowledge of it, it's a lot of times like on Twitter or on an online platform. And it's like, it's kind of like a business. Like I just want to crank out you know, I, I'm going to use you. I'm going to mm. extort you. I'm going to kind of bully you into paying however much I want you to pay. And then I'm going to move on. Like, when you run out of money, I'm going to move on. Which, yeah, like a, a pro dom, you do pay for a session. Um, however, one thing that when I first heard about this, one thing that I actually worried about was people being taken advantage
2: of so isn't that like the idea of it though yes um yes and no right i I can see the the bad sides of it because people could actually like be really taking advantage of someone but i feel like there's a lot of pay pickies that would really like enjoy being like Oh yeah, just like extract all my money. Here's my credit card.
1: I, I don't. I don't think it's like that. I think. I think it starts very innocently. I okay. think. I think a lot of times maybe you have a dom that's not at the level that they should be at.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they're in it for the wrong reasons. are they didn't go through any sort of training process. Um, so for instance, there would be if if you two woke up one day and was like, I want to be a fendom you could just hop on Twitter, start posting content, find you some, some pay pigs and <laughs> use them until they ran out of money and then moved on to the next one. Uh, there's not really a, like a necessarily like a vetting process. Um, and that's again, like BDSM, it's all about consent and setting like boundaries and limits. So that's right. For me, like personally, if you were going to do it, um, and I don't I don't mean to like kink shame anyone out there. Um, by no means we're all into different things. So I kind of like want to give some guidelines on how to do this. If you are going to do it, how to do it properly and safely, I guess. So like the approach that I would take is look at your expenses. Look at your income, and then set an amount that you're willing to spend. So, if you have a hundred dollars disposable income every month, only spend the hundred dollars. Um, I feel like a lot of times with Fendoms, they're going to like take that hundred and try to take more and more and more, and that's going to cause you a financial burden. Which
2: this is from the side of the pay pig. Yes, pay pig.
1: Yes, gotcha. Um. So only spend your disposable income. Once you run out, like that's it. And I would clearly define that with the Fendom. Yeah. Um, I feel like if they were constantly like hounding you and wanting you to pay more and more, and even like even after you set that clear boundary, you might want to move on. Red flag. Um, red flag, yeah. yeah. And then also I would say research the people before Right, So if you're on Twitter and you're looking at like Fendoms, I would search for their, their user handle, see what people are saying about them. Like, are there people that are upset on Twitter, like saying, oh, they're, they're blackmailing me and I didn't consent to that. Or, you know, they, they took everything and I, you know, I can't pay rent or something like that. Um, so I look for that. And then I would also, something to be aware of is catfishing. Um, yeah. Catfishing,
0: yeah, again, more catfishing.
1: Something that I saw when I started, kind of like when I first researched this, is that on Twitter specifically, there's like catfish fandom accounts. So they'll actually say like up front, like "I'm a mouthful." I am <laughs> a catfish fandom, and it could be anyone. It could be me. I, I could be on Twitter as a catfish fandom, and I'll post pictures without consent. Of someone like Belle Delphine, like I'll just take her, take her photos, take her content. Well, that's just wrong in, in itself. Oh yeah, and Is then
2: stealing other people's content,
1: and I'll post
2: it, pretend to be
1: her. Obviously, though, like in my Twitter bio, I'll say like I'm not Belle Delphine. I think, I think people
2: kind of think that like waves responsibility somehow. That's interesting though, because usually when there's like things like that, like like you said, catfish fin dom, people are into that. So, like, that is, I, I I guess I just don't understand, like, mm. how someone would want to be fi- uh, financially dominated by someone that they obviously know is not them.
0: It's probably cheaper. Yes. I would imagine, because they're like, oh, well, this is the... Still wrong, though. This is the name brand. Okay, now we have the generic brand, the, the catfish person. Like, yeah, it's their likeness, but they're also, like, not... Paying that model that they're yeah that's that they're portraying wrong. yeah they they don't have consent to be sharing their images and they probably went on their OnlyFans downloaded all of these images to sell them on their behalf for them for their own profit you know we that's probably, what they do
2: we probably have people that made catfish findom accounts of our, oh my us. god do you yeah. know how many
0: times I get message being like are you down there in California are you here yeah you have an account down there asking me for gas money. I'm like, "Well, that's not me. Yeah, I It's unfortunate. I don't need your gas money. I'm sorry." <laughs> and,
1: and just to like play the devil's advocate here, um on the other side of it, fendom could be positive in the way of if you are not dealing with a catfish, if you are truly dealing with a fendom who is listening and respecting your limits, um the only thing I can think of is maybe you live somewhere where you don't have any local dungeons. You don't have a way to interact with people. So, you know, some, some places in like this, in the South, in the country where it's like, okay, well it's either like drive six hours to go to a local dungeon or Or I can
0: like kind of play online. Kind of reminds me of that TV show bonding. Oh yeah. Did you watch that?
2: Yes. That's a good show.
0: I like the scene where they're, you know, they're she takes the guy shopping, mm-hmm. uses his wallet, and then there's this like whole convoluted plot with like she knows the the mistress of the dungeon and I'm like I'm
1: So that's actually a very interesting subject. Season 1 came out. The BDSM community as a whole, I feel like hated season 1.
0: Really? So, oh, really? oh, yes. Why? They,
1: they were very very critical and reviewing season one of bonding i thought it was cute essentially it got a lot of stuff wrong and it did Mm, Uh, for instance i don't remember her name the the main dominatrix that it follows uh, she wears a collar in season one right it's like why why would you wear oh
2: yeah that doesn't when it makes sense because in the in the BDSM culture oh uh, so that makes sense yeah. why
0: they they're fixing all the stuff in season two because she actually is this amateur yeah. Dom god yeah. okay yeah, they
2: don't want to disrespect like if you're gonna show uh, the BDSM community in a public way you should respect like the way it's being portrayed yeah. like. and the directors actually took all the feedback
1: uh, they actually brought in some uh, real femme Doms kind of got their input. Uh, they, they listened to the feedback. You Like you just said, season two was, they kind of addressed a lot of things. You know, the, the dominatrix was like, why are you wearing a collar? Or are you a sub? Um, <laughs> the plot, like her having to go to like dominatrix school, all of that stuff. A lot of people felt like they were trying to make fun of the BDSM community and trying to like make it into a laughing matter and trying to poke fun at it. Ultimately, I believe it was Netflix that canceled it. So there's not going to be like a season three. Oh, yeah. probably. I didn't, yeah. um, I didn't even know that.
0: Yeah. I didn't even know that. i disappointed, like I'm <laughs> learning that there's not going to be a season three here. Right. What were you saying then?
2: I was just saying that it's probably just super controversial. Netflix usually just gets rid of it.
0: Which... Well, they get rid of things that are popular too. So like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really get it.
1: But um, for me... A lot of people in the BDSM community, they we do get kind of upset about these things. I I'm on the other side of that, I would say. When I see stuff, um, for instance, like Fifty Shades of Grey, like yes, I a hundred percent agree it got a lot of stuff wrong, but it got it into the mainstream media and got people talking about it. I yep. for me personally whenever uh, we see BDSM topics being covered in mainstream media, even if it's wrong, that shows that we are progressing. At least we're talking about right. it. Right. And then you can, that's when thats when like local jun- dungeons should try to educate people. We should try to ramp up education and be like, hey, Fifty Shades of Grey got it wrong. Come, let's talk about it. If you're interested in this, learn more. And I will say on the flip side of that, predators like i i want to start like a jar where we have to put like a dollar every time we bring this person up because i don't want to bring them up but uh, predators like army hammer they'll like kind of latch on and be like oh i can i can use women i can abuse women um so i can see i can see the concern i can see no. the other side of it but this <coughs> this is showing that corporate america is taking note that people are kinky people are into bdsm And it's starting to become more mainstream, which should be a good thing. And I believe that the BDSM community should be focused on trying to educate the population on what is correct and what is not.
2: Yeah. Instead of
1: just trying to like shut everything
0: down. Yeah. Yeah, because like you kind of like Fifty Shades of Grey. It's just like you're exposed to all of the stuff and you have no idea what's right or wrong. It's just a... Toy box full of everything. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, this is just BDSM. This is totally normal. It's like, no, no, there's a lot of actual rules and, you know, consent going on, things that, conversations that actually take place. And a lot of people don't know that. They just go, yeah, I'm in the BDSM. Let's tie her up and spank her. You know, it's like, that's not all it is.
2: Yeah. I, like, I, honestly, when I first um, heard the term BDSM, I had no idea what it meant. And I just, like, when someone explained to me, I was like, oh, it's just like whips, collars, and chains. Okay, cool. But, like, there's a whole entire, like, there's a history behind it. Yep. There is a very in-depth history behind it. It's kind of interesting because it's relatable as far as, like, when someone's learning about trans people. It's like they have this misconception about trans people, like, And then you tell them, you show them that they're wrong. And if they're woke enough to like understand and learn, it kind of changes their perspective completely on the subject.
1: I imagine it's along the same lines of, you know, on a very base value. Yeah. BDSM might be like the new, Oh, the new taboo topic. Ooh, yeah. That sounds, that sounds exciting. I'm into BDSM. Yeah. And just like, just like trans women. Right. So Okay, that's taboo, oh, yeah, I want to explore that i I'm, yeah. I'm into yeah, I'm into trans women. It's like I feel like there's for both of us there's groups that are only into it because it's a taboo in society, oh
2: yes, and then there's people that are just like, yeah, this is who I am, yeah, there's an entire group of people that might have been into it just because of how taboo it was, so.
0: They've, they're have they becoming easier to identify as we get older, you know? Mm. We're like, oh, red flag, red flag, right? Okay, that's, yeah, stay away from that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's, a, it's something we have to learn.
1: So going back to Fendome, we kind of got a little off subject there. Do you guys have any sort of experience with Fendoms or paypigs or anything?
0: Ooh, actually quite a bit. Really? Yes. I... I had a roommate for a while. I'm not going to say who I had a roommate who was like, kind of like how you said with the, the person in bonding. Like she was an amateur really hadn't had her feet wet doing that sort of stuff. And she was, ex- you know, experimenting with fin dom found a pay pig as you call it. I, I don't, probably a person that also has no idea what they're doing as well. She was having this person send so many gifts. I've never received as much mail on my doorstep as when she lived with us. Really? Lots of mail. Lots of mail, which I was like, okay. Yeah, and and at first I'm like, okay, yeah, this is kind of similar to like when I started, I was getting a lot of gifts and stuff too. So I didn't really think much of it, and then she's like, "Yeah, I have I have a fan coming over," and I'm like, "Okay, well, I don't, I'm not, I'm not excited about that, but you know, yeah, okay, let's like as as long as it's uh, you know you've vetted them, like, and she's been doing sex work for a while, so I'm like, okay, she, clearly she's got like a vetting process. I'm not gonna, you know, sure." let's have this person over. And then I met this person mm. and they had been spending so much money and resources on her. He was like spending his, like most of his income, yeah. sending her things that were important to him, sending things like, like, like uh, not like heirlooms, but like mm. things that he'd been collecting through his life that he was like really Passionate about just giving them to her. And can I ask you a quick question? Sure.
1: Do you think he thought he was in a relationship with her?
0: That's what I was about to say.
1: And that, that is, that's a line. That's a clear
0: line. So this guy was under the assumption because they'd come over multiple times Mm. and she would ignore him when he was there so i like we had a conversation with him and she's like and he he was kind of under the impression yeah we're going to go out and do this mm. and she was taking him to the strip club where he was spending mm. more money on her
2: yeah it's unfortunate yeah that's no that's the line you got to cross like i've f- from someone that actually has the experience of a good fin-dom relationship. Okay. And I wouldn't consider it like a dom because the person that provides me with money is more like into taking care of me. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's also kind of fin-dom as well. Um, because they're into spending money to take care of a yeah. certain other person. Um, as far as helping pay bills, uh, but just to know that someone is pretending to be in a relationship with another, another person to just get money from them, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not good. You have to establish with that person like, hey, you know, this is purely a transactional thing. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help you with, with, you know, your kinks and the things that you would like to just, you know you know, discover about yourself or play around with, you know. I'm here for that and I'll show you and I'll tell you my boundaries and uh, the things that I'm comfortable with on that. And you tell me what you're comfortable with as far as like, you know, what kind of allowance are you allowing me? What kind of, um, what kind of, um, um, financial income that is, uh, was it, uh, the word I'm looking for disposable. Yeah. What kind of, uh, what kind of disposable income do you have for this realistically? And then, when your relationship goes on and you're extracting money from your pay piggy as they say um <laughs> you have to make sure keep checking in with them make sure they're not not make sure that's not rent money that they're using you know i this is a relationship with a person still yeah even though it's based financially it's still a person and you still have to respect that person which everyone should deserve respect to me even it's- if
1: they' are a pay piggy <laughs> to me, it's the same thing as if you're doing impact play, which is would be whipping or caning or something like that. Mm-hmm. You you establish a safe word. Yes. But a good DOM is going to assess the situation. They're going to kind of monitor how red they're getting. They're going to monitor how they're feeling. Because you, you will have a submissive who will just try to, like, grit and bear it. It will never say their safe word. And then it becomes up to the dom of, like, okay, we've had enough. Like, I, I know your limit. I've built, a like, a, a relationship with you. Yeah. I'm going to stop now. And that's the thing that concerns me with a lot of fendoms doms out there. They don't do that. They do not check in, and they just take and take and take and money,
0: take Money, 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 money. Yeah. So... Obviously, that didn't sit well with us. We had a we had a huge discussion with her about it. She didn't like what we had to say, and uh-huh. we inevitably had to part ways. Left so much of his things with us. I mean, so we, she
1: didn't. She didn't even care.
0: She didn't even care about those things. So we we reached out to him. We we got his information. We okay. we sent a lot of the stuff back. Unfortunately, like that money's gone. You know. Yeah. But probably a new target out there somewhere. So yeah, sucks. But I mean, that's, that's, that's the world we live in. Yeah. And again,
1: I'm not, I'm not trying to kink shame anyone. I do believe if you find the right Fendom and you, you know, you do, you do it safely. I do believe that you can have the relationship that you're looking for with the right person. And again, if, if we got it wrong at all in today's episode, if there's any sort of like, Oh, if you're a, if you're a financial submissive or a pay piggy um, and you want to kind of like reach out to us, um, I would say probably reach out to us on Twitter and just say like, Hey, you know, I, I don't feel like you got that right. I feel like you yeah. said that wrong. Cause again, I'm, this is something that I'm personally not into. It's coming from my perspective and at the end of the day, we are trying to learn about the subject. So, yeah, if we if we got it wrong at all, feel free send me a message on Twitter.
0: I don't yeah. even think this is really like it's not even really a kink shame here. That's yeah. that's a uh, because it's it's a part of it. Consent is a part of this. Yeah, that's a, that's that's just human decency shaming at that point. Yeah. yeah, you know, like it's okay to stretch those limits. Yeah, if they're okay with that.
2: Yeah,
0: you know, and that's 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 the dom's responsibility to know that.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, a dom will sometimes try to push your limits. But part of their job is to make sure that they're not going to push you to a breaking point. And if they do. Right. So you have aftercare. You take care of that person. You make sure that they are okay after a scene. With fin dom, I'm worried that a lot of people are just they're they're getting kind of all their money taken and then it's okay. Well, don't talk to me until you have more money. There is no aftercare. There is no,
2: are you okay? You know, it's, yeah, I would definitely like if I'm in a position where I'm receiving a ridiculous amount of money from someone, I always want to check in and be like, Hey, uh, you know, this isn't like, this isn't all your money that you're giving me. Like this is disposable income, correct? Yeah. You can afford this lifestyle because you don't wanna you know, like like you said, you just don't wanna be hurting someone because some people don't won't won't put that limit on themselves. So they'll be like, I'll just give all my money to yeah. this girl. But that's not healthy on their part and it's not healthy on your part for to take it all. Yeah. But um yeah. I think there's definitely consent that can be uh, talked about. Between a fin dom and a pay piggy, <laughs> um, I think there. I and I think th- with professional fin doms that that is something that is discussed. It's probably discussed more as, as an allowance. That's how I discuss it. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, that's, that's kind of how I discuss it. It's just like, what is my what is my allowance that you know you're comfortable in in giving me? Yeah. <clears throat> fin dom.
0: Yeah, <laughs> some some of these girls take it for granted, I think. Like, they feel entitled to this money. They're like, oh, yeah, of course, I, I, I should get more, and they'll press that, that limit with them, you know.
1: I kind of also view it as probably the same thing with the adult industry. People view it as like, oh, it's a quick way to make money, a quick, easy way. I just hop online. Um, oh, I just have to take my clothes off on camp. Quick, yeah. easy and money. when they
0: see that success, that really quick success in this thing that they know little to know about, they feel entitled in that role. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then they just take that as this is how it is. Yeah, and they this will share that, and is. they will share it with their friends. <laughs> this is how it is, and it's like no, you're just being successful at being bad at it.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> fendom, 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 fendom. 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 Talk- the kink jar. Word of the day. Okay.
1: Hopefully, hopefully the terms are <laughs> get a little uh, more uplifting, I guess. But it was. I think. It, I think it was a good discussion topic. Yeah, right?
2: I um I think I learned some things here. Like, obviously, I, I participated in it, but I think we all learned a couple of things here. <sighs> so is that is that kind of what we're talking about today? It's just uh, a couple, few things, right? All right, you want to end it? Let's end it. Thanks for joining us on Unnatural Sum. It's your girl, Jenny Banks, signing off. Stay kinky.
0: Thanks for stopping by.